Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 283. Now I'm coming off of a weekend spent with girlfriends and feeling on fire about the importance of quality girl time. I had a super busy weekend with a lot of car time, but it was worth it because on each side of the work I had to do was uninterrupted time with my most cherished girlfriends. I got to spend 24 hours catching up with my college roommates and then had a spa day with my Wisconsin girlfriends who I've missed so much since we moved last year. Now, it was the first time in months that I was away from Conley overnight, but I didn't realize just how much I needed some quality girl time and time just being me and not the mom version of me, which I love, by the way, but it kind of felt nice to have a little break. Now, between the girl time was an event with Arian. At the event, I asked a room filled with women. I said, is making friends as an adult hard for you too? And I literally thought people's heads were going to fall off with the intensity of the nods happening around the room. And so today, let's talk about friendships. You don't need me to tell you this because if you're an adult, you already know that making friends is hard freaking work between our jobs and our families and daily responsibilities and errands and travel and stress the margin that's left over for making a new friend or even just plain hanging out with the friends you already have is pretty non-existent. Whether you're a full-time mom juggling babies and soccer practice and being the snack mom for the kindergarten class next Thursday, or maybe you're an entrepreneur with loads of tasks and deadlines stacking up on your list or somewhere in between, we all have busy, full, and fast-moving lives. When you finally do have a few moments of peace and rest, often you just want to chill out or take a nap or maybe not have to put real pants on and make small talk with a huge group of people that you call friends, but who are more likely just surface level acquaintances who get together once a month. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not totally my style. That's why as I've gotten older, I've gotten extremely intentional with my friendships, who I'm carving out space and time for to keep in touch with. It's so important to me. My friends aren't just a group of ladies to grab a glass of wine and gossip with. These women are the people who know my soul, who want to hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and who ignite some of the deepest belly laughter and go get them inspiration ever, which is kind of the best, right? My circle of friends is small. It's a tight group of quality friends and for good reason. 
Now, in this episode, we're talking all about friendships, why they're so dang hard to make and sustain as adults, how we can nurture the good ones in our lives, and how to invite more genuine friends in, even when it feels like there is no time to be going out and picking up a new bestie. If you've been feeling like there's a hole in your relationships or like you simply just need a friend, this is for you. Let's get into the nitty gritty behind making friends as an adult. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash golddigger and get $50 off your first job post. Before we talk about how to make and sustain solid friendships, let's chat for a second about my philosophy about relationships. Now, I know not everyone is going to think the same way I do, but I found as a business owner and a new mom that I simply don't have a lot of time to hang out with huge amounts of pals every single week. There's simply no way for me to connect and be invested in 20 or 30 other people's lives while living my own to the fullest, you know? Like, I feel like in our teens and in college, it was all about how many people you could claim as friends. It started with MySpace and selecting your top eight friends. Does anyone else remember those days? I might have just aged myself. Major throwback, but talk about cruel. Like, we were essentially rating our top eight friendships from best to worst. And those were the days where it was also considered cool to have thousands of Facebook friends. And the more people in your friend group, the better off you were. Now, growing up, I had so many different friend groups that my mom had trouble figuring out who the heck I was with or where I was going. I had work friends and school friends, gymnastics friends, church friends. I loved being social and running around with different circles. But as I've grown, I've really found that quality trumps quantity a million times over. I am so glad those days are behind me because quite honestly, as an introvert, that numbers game was a struggle to keep up with and really feel truly connected. I think with time and life's course naturally doing its work on relationships, my group has pared itself down to a really small and tight circle. There are really only a few people who get me and understand my personality, my humor, ambitions, and priorities. Can I get an amen? Now, in this season that I'm currently in, I keep my network small to help me feel super supported and not overwhelmed. We also moved a little over a year ago, and the day after we moved in, I found out I was pregnant, which brought along its own unique struggles from crippling morning sickness to a mad dash preparing for maternity leave. And it's been kind of hard making new friends while working and traveling and momming. I keep in close touch with a few of my old college roommates, the ones that I was just with. I have the mom club who are two friends who gave birth a week apart from me. We talk every single day via text messages. And I also have a handful of Wisconsin girlfriends who I miss dearly. I have my mom and sister and my lady in-laws, a few friends sprinkled in from all of life stages that I keep in touch with loosely. And I have a few close industry friends who get the work side of things. And Beyond my amazing team who I talk to every day via Slack, that's pretty much it. 
Now, to you, that might seem like a massive or a minuscule list, depending on where you're at or what season you're in. It's just so different for everyone. And finding what works for your life and what fills you up is key. I'm sure my friendships will shift and change and I'll develop more in the coming years. But for now, this is what's working for me. And I feel like I can support these women daily or weekly with encouragement or a simple text message or a funny gif or a quick catch up phone call while I'm on a walk with Conley. I prioritize my time differently than I used to. It's family first, then work, and then whatever leftover margin is there, that is for my friendships. It makes me wonder how many others are navigating the busyness and are just in survival mode trying to keep up the juggling act. Like, I can't be alone in this, right? Last October, two of my friends who you might know, they've been on this podcast, Amy Porterfield and Rachel Hollis and I escaped to the hills of Tennessee for a spa weekend. We awkwardly set up my camera on an end table and took a self-timer photo to commemorate the days that we spent in sweatpants connecting. And when I posted about it on my Instagram, the responses were incredible. Now, it would have been really easy to caption that photo like time with my girlfriends. But one of the biggest things that we had talked about when we were together was our struggle in finding solid female relationships relationships. Like we were sitting down for dinner one night and cracking up because everyone was dressed up and our idea of a relaxing trip was packing only comfy clothes. And we talked about how on a day-to-day basis, the majority of our interactions were with our team or our spouses and that the margin for friendships felt so small that the thought of finding new girlfriends felt exhausting. I shared that I struggle with loneliness and balancing friendships with the rest of life stuff. And I shared how life-giving it was to carve out some much needed time to rest and relax and to have big laughter with close girlfriends. It made me realize that so many of us right now, today, in this moment are facing loneliness and we're really afraid to talk about it. In fact, loneliness and social isolation can be as bad for your health as obesity or smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. What? That's crazy, right? Like this is a serious problem that a lot of us are facing. So whether you have a huge group of surface level friends and still feel isolated, or you have only a couple close friends that you find it difficult to keep in touch with, I want to help you dig into relationships and create meaningful friendships that make you feel supported and sustained. So here we go. Let's talk about how to make new and meaningful friendships in three simple steps. Now, if you just moved or you've lost touch with old friends or you simply want some new people to infuse joy and perspective into your life, I want to share some of my favorite ways to make new and meaningful relationships. I think the goal of friendship is for both people to lift the other one up, to feel vulnerable, and to give honest feedback to one another. It doesn't have to be someone from your exact same walk of life or in the same career. In fact, some of my friends who are the most different from me are some of the most impactful in my life because they're able to bring a fresh set of eyes and experiences and perspective. So here are three ways to find new friends or rekindle your friendship with the old in a way that doesn't feel entirely awkward or phony. Number one is my favorite. Start a new hobby or join a class. Now, this might seem like the most obvious way to find new friends, but I have to share it because so many of us have packed to the brim schedules and it feels like we don't have time for friendship, let alone picking up a new hobby. I get it, but hear me out. With just one hour a week, you could join a pottery class or a writer's workshop or a runner's group or a Bible study or a yoga studio where there are other people who want to learn and experience something new within a community. 
For me, the two best places that we've made new friends are church and CrossFit gyms. CrossFit gyms and church were the two best places that we created relationships. And maybe church isn't a place for you or a place you want to go, but think of places where people go that aren't head down on digital devices that are congregating together with a similar goal or objective or mindset in place. So for us, it's pretty crazy. We just got back from a month off in Hawaii And I was laughing because I'm like, we have more friends on island than we do in Minnesota. Why? Because we're super active when we're there. We're at the gym. We're doing yoga classes. We're going to church every Sunday and we're meeting people and connecting and we're open to connections. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But I was reminded of how open people are to relationships and friendships when people are on vacation. Like, have you ever made a friend when you're on a trip and you've kept in touch? Because that's literally our jam. And I was kind of unpacking why that was. And I think that when we're away from reality of work and errands and appointments, we're way more open to conversation and open to relationships. Like maybe when you sit next to someone at a restaurant and you ask where they're from or what they do or what the favorite thing that they've seen on island is and you kick things off. A lot of times through life, like our real life, we're walking through with our head down or we're saying no to invitations or we're caught up in our day to day and the busyness of it all that we forget to lift our eyes up and just say, hi, how are you doing? Or tell me about yourself. So what if we took that same approach that we do when we're out of our normal lives to meet people? Maybe we could change things. Y'all, we have 168 hours in a week. What if you just committed to taking one of those to try a new activity that interests you? You might sit next to someone who is facing the same struggles or someone who is walking parallel to your path and share your hope for connection. While the class or hobby is an excuse to learn something new and get out of the house, it's also an introduction to a new group of people who all have interesting stories and similar walks of life that you might just register with and really lean into and love. So step one, push yourself out of your comfort zone and introduce yourself to at least one person each week. Try something new. It's almost like online dating. You'll never know if it's right for you until you try it. I am committing to getting back into yoga and not just going into a class, doing the class and walking out, but starting a conversation with someone each and every single time I show up. So Join that commitment, whatever that looks like, whether it's church or a workout class or a community ed thing or learning to paint or pottery or whatever that is, okay? You can commit one out of 168 hours a week. If I can do it, so can you. Number two, strike up a conversation with someone you see and admire. Like, oh my gosh, I love your skirt. Where did you get it? I heard her say that to the girl behind her in line. This is what happened at my event last weekend. And the next thing I know, they are exchanging digits and planning a dinner date. No joke. Now, I've been hosting a lot of meetups and real talks with some of my favorite brands. And one of the best parts of those events is seeing women connecting with total strangers who happen to share common interests. It's like the real life push that we sometimes need to meet others in our area. Talking to a stranger in a public space can feel so odd these days, but it shouldn't. 
When we were dreaming of the long-term vision of this podcast, it's actually to launch in-person meetups in cities so that people could connect in real life and build relationships. Like when I look at what I want Gold Digger to become, I want to take it offline and bring it into in-person relationships. Like when was the last time that you attended an event and was bold and just saying hi to someone or complimenting another female or something just because... Like sometimes it takes a moment of boldness or old school conversation to spark friendship. If you see something you like in someone, whether it's their hair, their outfit, the way that they're showing up, the energy they bring to a room, tell them. Now, not every compliment is going to lead to a BFF, but it might open the conversation to allow you to get to know someone new who you vibe with and who you might possibly adore. And if nothing else, speaking kindness to someone is going to brighten their day and yours. And that's worth the effort of being bold from time to time. I'd be ignoring a big part of my world if I didn't mention this, but if your social circle or access to your social circle is more online than in person, it's okay. Like that is me. When I look at my day-to-day, most of my relationships are being fostered through screens and there's no shame in that. Some of my dearest friendships started on the internet, namely social media. Now, when I was preparing for this episode, I was kind of taking inventory, like, how am I doing in friendships? I've struggled with this. I recognize that. And I did a quick look at the last 20 people I texted, and a solid chunk of them were my internet friends turned real life friends. So if the thought of showing up to an event or complimenting a stranger on what they're wearing or their energy or whatever, if that totally freaks you out, then maybe this is the first route to just sparking relationships in your world. Maybe you're wondering, well, how does that actually happen? Like, how do you take internet friends and make them real life friends? But here's what I did. I find people online who inspire me, who encourage me. And I would take the time intentionally to comment, to message and support them. A lot of times I'll shoot them a DM telling them something I admire about them or asking if there's any way that I can support them in their efforts. If you've ever noticed on this podcast, how most of the introductions to our guests start off with me saying my friend so-and-so, that's because I have fostered a ton of relationships that start online, but we slowly take that connection off of the apps and into real life, whether it's through snail mail or text or in person, my favorite. I mean, some of my dearest industry friends are women that I've never met in real life, yet we connect often and share our lives with one another online. Genuine engagement with others and showing up with a servant's heart are the two ways I've connected the most with women online. There are also things like Bubble BFF. Yes, they have apps for finding friends. And so if your time is limited and you're in a city where you know no one, but you're hoping to find other ladies who are looking to connect, they have an app for that. Crazy, right? Well, there are so many articles posted daily tearing down social media and how it's made us worse at social interaction. I don't want to omit or discredit making friends on the internet because it's something that I've done that's worked well and that has been super fruitful in my life. So if a dating app isn't your thing, reach out to someone via Instagram, start commenting on their photos with intention and know that behind the photo, there just might be a person who might be feeling isolated in the same way that you are. Now, number three, get a group together. Now, before you freak out, hear me out. I know this might feel intimidating, but coming off of my little spa getaway with five of my dearest friends, I want to remind you that a little work coordinating can go a long way. It is worth it. 
I mean, we hit our calendars months ago, trying to find an open day or two. And then as we neared our girls' date, things felt too busy and life started coming up and we almost canceled it entirely until one of my friends said, we can just reschedule it for a time when things have slowed down. And I laughed because I'm like, when has time ever slowed down? Things are only speeding up as far as I'm concerned. And so I pushed us to keep the date and dang it, it was so worth it. We were all so thankful that we made it happen. Life is busy. So we decided we needed to book our next one right away and put money down so that we had skin in the game and we wouldn't let life get in our way. You might have friends of friends who sort of know each other or maybe have heard of each other, but they don't know one another fully yet. Let's just go into Jenna Kutcherland and say that it is totally acceptable to, quote, batch your friendship days to get the most connection you can muster. Like for me, in one weekend, I drove about 12 hours in my car total, but I got to connect with two groups of friends and have overnights with the women in my life. And it was pure magic. Like if you can get a group of friends together, do it. There is so much energy and fun that comes when you get people together and share space with them. Whether you watch The Bachelorette every Monday or host a game night or have a campfire in your backyard, just do whatever it is that you will follow through on and don't overcomplicate anything. Whatever it might be, open up the door to inviting friends to get together and inviting them to invite a few other friends too so that you can get to know new people in a comfortable group setting that's casual, fun, and conversational. Like you know you. So if the thought of like planning a whole night with wine and charcuterie boards and games sounds so overwhelming, do something that is going to make it so easy, whether it's making a reservation at a restaurant or booking at an all-inclusive spa. Like you need to decide what you will actually follow through on and then get the ball in motion. Now, it's so funny because when I think about making new friends, to me, it feels a lot like dating. And I've been out of the dating game for over a decade. And so I know how utterly terrifying it can be. And it's probably going to always feel weird to ask for somebody's phone number to see if they want to hang out. Or you do that awkward, like you just hung out and you're like, do I text them? Is it too soon? Should I tell them that it was super fun? Should we plan our next date? Or should I wait like 24 hours? Like, I get it. Overthinking is a part of it, but it's part of connecting with new people and starting to build new relationships, whether it's dating or with friends. And as an introvert, it pains me to put myself in uncomfortable situations, but in a group setting with just a few people I already know and like, sometimes it's a lot easier to put yourself out there and there's less pressure to make connections and get along with the new person you just met. So Decide what's going to feel best for you. Is it one-on-one -on -one interaction? Is it getting a group of people together? Is it a group of people you know? Or is it inviting people to invite others? What makes the most sense for you? What are you going to follow through on? Write that down and start doing it. I am so excited to continue this discussion, but I have to thank LinkedIn for helping make this episode possible. Get $50 off your first job post at linkedin.com slash gold digger. As an entrepreneur, hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting a job to a job board. When you're juggling hiring with everything it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. That's where LinkedIn comes in. More than 600 in 10 million members visit LinkedIn to make connections, learn and grow as professionals and discover new job opportunities. 
In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. That's how they make sure your job post gets in front of people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability, LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. Now, I've hired two people via LinkedIn over the last year. The process was quick. Both new team members started within a week of posting the open position. Position. And they're without a doubt the best people for the job. To get $50 off your first job post, head to linkedin.com slash gold digger. Again, that's linkedin.com slash gold digger. Get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. So now that we've covered a few ideas to get you started in the friendship department, let's dissect how to grow new friendships and sustain existing relationships, especially when life gets crazy. If you followed my steps that we just talked about, you'll likely have a budding circle of friends, or maybe you've got a few longtime buddies, whatever that looks like. It is so important to nurture those relationships. Now, it sounds funny because I think we all believe friendships should just be these effortless, whimsical relationships that don't take work or intentionality like sitcom style. But in reality, friendships, they take work. Friends are in your life by choice and because they love you, but there needs to be some effort behind maintaining all friendships, old and new. Now, I've incorporated a few simple practices to show up deliberately within my friendships to stay in touch even when we're far apart and living our own crazy lives. Number one, connect with a friend every single day. Like even when you're in the weeds at work or in the thick of motherhood, or you're just plain busy, connect with one friend a day. Now I've shared this before, but I actually voice text three women every single day and not the same three different friends of mine. I used to do this when I went to the gym because I had about a 20 minute drive and In my drive time, I would just think of three people. And then when I parked my car at the gym, I would send three voice texts to let the women in my world know that I'm thinking of them. I start them all off the same way. I say, hey, no need to respond. Just want you to know that I'm thinking of you. And I've learned that when people pop into my mind and they're on my heart, it's usually not coincidence. And so when I act on those urges and reach out, it usually comes at a time when my friend is needing a reminder that they are loved and being thought of and supported. So if you're wondering of other ways that you can connect with a friend, there are a million. Maybe it's grabbing chips and salsa and a marg for a quick post-work happy hour. Or maybe it's a comment on their recent post letting you know that you're cheering them on and thinking of them. Whatever it looks like, try to intentionally connect with just one friend once a day. It's as much for you as it is for them. Now, I often tease Drew because he is literally one of the most amazing friends in the world. Like he manages to keep in touch with everyone. And I was laughing when I was thinking about this because he keeps in touch with like a random guest that stayed at our condo two years ago and he like texts them often. I mean, it's insane. And I always laugh because at least once a day, I'll catch him like taking a photo of something that reminds him of someone and he'll text it to them or to recall a funny memory or to make them smile. And I personally am not that thoughtful, but I can appreciate an amazing friend when I see one and Drew is just that. 
Now, I realized a while back after I had Conley, I couldn't remember the last friend I had texted, not including my family or Drew. And maybe sad to think that I could go a few days or even a week without initiating or checking in on the women in my life. It's kind of like flexing a muscle. The more you make connection a habit, the better you're going to get at it. Sure, when I would speak with my friends, we'd pick up right where we left off like nobody's business. And I honestly think like that is the best sign of a really great friendship. But I honestly didn't like feeling that I wasn't even trying to keep in touch with my closest friends a majority of the time. Like there was just this season where I went really inward to protect myself and to kind of establish like what this new life is going to look like as a mom. And while family and work are definitely my top priorities, friends are a close third, which means that I I have to be regimented with loving on them. Whether you do something like voice text three friends a day or handwrite a letter or make plans to get together, just challenge yourself to stay connected. It takes hardly any time, but you'll feel so much more immersed in your friendships, which creates stronger and healthier bonds. Number two is my favorite. Ditch the freaking small talk. Drew is brilliant at small talk. Like he is a professional small talker. And the funny thing is he loves to connect with people on any scale and enjoys those interactions. And me on the other hand, not so much. Now, when I do get together with my best friends, we have an understanding we're going to skip over the small talk of like, oh, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Doing fine. How's the family? They're good. How's work? It's all right. Like I do not have the wherewithal or time to keep my friendship surface level. Whether it's a first time hanging out with someone or the hundredth, I empathize when my friends share their wins and losses and embarrassing stories, not just the highlight version that we see on Instagram. I died laughing the other day because a friend that I made in Hawaii sent me this funny meme. And she goes, this reminds me of the time that we met. And within the first two minutes, you told me that you have a super boob, aka one of your boobs creates all the milk for Conley. And it's five sizes bigger than the other one. And she was dying laughing because she's like, that's how you kicked off our friendship. And I loved it. And it's so funny because when I got home, Drew asked me how my girls weekend went and I just smiled because we literally talked about everything under the sun. I mean, within my group of five girlfriends, we have numerous kids, a pregnancy, a miscarriage, someone who lost their dad, marriages, businesses, sex, finances, health, like there wasn't a stone left unturned when we were together. And that's just the way I like it. As an introvert, small talk, it kills me. So when I have girlfriends who drop the facade, show up as they are, it is such a relief for me. Sometimes we just need someone to say something that makes us feel not alone or crazy. Like when a friend admits that they're going through something and you thought, oh my gosh, I totally thought I was the only one feeling this way. I sent a text to the mom club at my two girlfriends. We had babies within a week of each other the other night. Drew and I were arguing about something and I usually don't do this. And I like jumped on the phone. and I was like, guys, like, how is this working? Like, how is your spouse supporting you as a parent? And like, how are you getting work done? What does your schedule look like? And what does nap time look like? And I was just venting. And the next day I woke up and I was like, I'm having a vulnerability hangover. I'm sorry that I unloaded that. But I was just stressed in the moment. And I texted you guys this. And it was so funny because they were like, first off, never apologize. But second off, I'm so glad you said something because we are struggling with that too. And all of a sudden we all felt more normal and less alone. And so for me, like keeping it real, it allows me to share all of my gut honest truths and heartaches and flaws and hilarious stories. And it's attempting to not go there and avoiding being vulnerable. 
because we often associate vulnerability with pain or we think people are not going to accept us with our full truth. But it's honestly the baseline thing that makes you relatable and your friendships are going to flourish if you ditch the small talk and focus on getting really, really real. It also creates a safe space for your friends to spill their guts with you, which makes your relationships stronger. Number three, stop assuming or creating unrealistic expectations. Especially with our longtime friends, we can get into routines around expecting and assuming certain things from them. Maybe one friend used to always plan weekend brunches, but hasn't been able to since taking a new job. Rather than assuming she'll do it again eventually and letting the space gather between you, or even assuming that she just stopped inviting you for some weird reason, take the initiative to make plans or show your support for her new position in some sort of thoughtful gesture. The other day I was feeling kind of weird. I have this friend and I was looking through our texts because I think of her often. So I send her a lot of messages and I realized like I had sent 20 messages and she had responded to maybe three. And at first I thought, did I do something wrong? Did I mess up? Is she mad at me? Like what's going on? I had to take a second and recognize like she's in a crazy season of life. And I'm not going to stop telling her that I'm thinking of her just because she's so busy that she might not have time to respond. And I think as women, we often get these hurt feelings when a dynamic shifts or if a friend doesn't text you back right away. But rather than jumping to the worst of conclusions, trust that maybe your friend is just doing the best that they can in their own circumstances. I mean, we're all evolving. Life is always busy. Things come up. But believing the best of your friends is a practice to inherit right now. One of the best practices I've gotten into is asking my friends, how can I show up for you? Like, what is your friend love language? Do they like unexpected gifts in the mail? Simple thinking of you text, surprise birthday parties planned, family get togethers or spa dates. Do they need space or do they need encouragement? Whenever one of my friends is going through something, I try to ask How can I best show up for you in this season so that I'm truly helping and not hurting? Because we all need different things in different seasons. I kind of learned this after one of my friends lost her husband. And so many people would just say, thinking of you or let me know what I can do for you. And it's like when you are in a season that's really hard, you don't even know how to communicate what you need. And so instead of just saying like, I'm here if you need something, I'm saying, how can I best show up for you in the season that you're in? Sometimes people are like, please just drop in and like come and sit with me or, you know, food is really helpful in this season or just letting me know that you're here. Like, Ask that question instead of just saying, I'm thinking of you and I'm here for you. Say, how can I best show up for you in this season? For me, right after Conley was born, a few of my girlfriends had texted me to plan a trip to visit us and to meet her. And I just honestly wasn't up for it at that point. We were trying to find our groove and the thought of hosting felt super overwhelming to me. And I was able to just say that and tell them, hey, I just need a little bit of space before I'm up for a visit. And I'm so thankful that I have friends that I can just be honest with because there are different seasons of life that require your friendships to ebb and flow and evolve. And if you're not able to communicate with what you need, it can really quickly leave you feeling isolated and overwhelmed. Giving the benefit of the doubt to our friends is so powerful because there might be a day when you're the one getting swamped by work or trying to figure out postpartum depression. And all you want in that moment is the unflinching, non-judgmental support and care from your nearest and dearest. 
Now, number four, evaluate your friendships and how they are serving you. Have you ever heard that quote? Sometimes you just need to unfollow people in real life. (laughs) Sounds harsh, doesn't it? But I think it's important to note that it is okay to evaluate your friendships and how they are impacting you and your life. If you become like the five people you spend the most time with, it's important to really look at who you're letting influence your life and what sort of influence that is. We were talking about our relationships with our families, and one of my girlfriends was talking about her struggle to connect with her family in this season of life and how it just felt forced and she was feeling really guilty about it. Sometimes we try to make things work when they're really draining us or exhausting us, and there really is a season for everything. But it made me realize that relationships take a ton of work, and some of them are just draining you and causing you anxiety. And sometimes self-care, true self-care, looks like setting boundaries. Not every friendship is supposed to last your whole life. Drew was reading something the other day about some term that they were using for a type of friendship where it's amazing for a bit and then you go your separate ways, but you always smile when you think of the other person. Kind of sounds like a romance or something, but it's true. I love the saying that relationships come into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. There are plenty of relationships from my younger years that served me for a while, but eventually fizzled out. And that's okay. If you have friendships that revolve around toxic gossiping or codependence or negativity or taking advantage of you, it is more than okay. In fact, I recommend letting them fall away. Life is too short to be spending time with people who bring down our energy and don't encourage us to be the best version of ourselves. Do a friendship audit. Really take a look at who you're surrounding yourself with. Your time and energy are too important to be trained by limiting people. So choose your close friends really carefully. Now, as much as friendships are vital to living a well-rounded and a full life, there's also something to be said about being okay while sitting with yourself. If you feel the need to constantly be around people and the thought of being alone scares you, I'd encourage you to practice being alone and enjoying your own company. The only way we can be a good friend to others is if we're a good friend to ourselves first. You guys, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Try taking just 20 to 30 minutes a day for alone time, whether it's going on a walk or sitting on your porch with a cup of coffee. And I don't mean sitting with yourself on your phone, scrolling through social media. We can get a false sense of connection through Instagram feeds and even listening to podcasts and Facebook groups. And as much as I love all of these things, and y'all know I really, really love these things, we tend to be guilty of just consuming on these platforms and forget to intentionally connect with the humans on the screen. And so when social media starts to drain you and give you that empty, isolated feeling that comes from seeing perfect photos on an endless loop, maybe it's just time to evaluate your approach. Maybe leave a comment with more substance than an emoji. Ask a question to start a dialogue. Respond to the story of someone you admire and watch the conversation that develops. I absolutely want you to connect in a way that feels right to you, whether it's starting online or taking that big, bold step in person. I've seen post after post, article after article about how social media is ruining our ability to truly connect and millennials are socially stunted more now than ever before. But let's not tear down the platform. Let's just find a new way to use it that serves us, serves others, and inspires true connection and inspiration. 
Now, I drove home from my weekend with the radio silent alone with my thoughts and realized it had been a while since I had that time and space to myself to just think and be grateful and take a step back. It is a gift to be alone with yourself, and that can be totally different than being lonely. So recognize those different emotions and unpack where you're at with your relationships, not just with friends, but also with yourself. Well, friend, and you are my friend. That is all I've got today for this week's episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Making friends and maintaining healthy relationships isn't an easy task. And I won't lie and say I haven't struggled with finding the right balance for my own relationships. But with a little more effort and understanding boldness and intentionality, I know you'll be infused with all the tools you need to develop impactful life-giving friendships that make you feel inspired, encouraged, and held through all of your highs and your lows. Life is messy and so are relationships, but you are so worthy and equipped to find a group, small or large, of kindred spirits who you simply adore by doing this weird and wonderful life with. And I hope that you believe that to be true today as well. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And why don't you jump on over to Gold Digger Podcast on Instagram and comment, tell people who you are and what you do. And maybe you can connect with someone and make a new friend in the comment section on our feed today. Again, that's Gold Digger Podcast on Instagram. Let's start some friendship circles in the comment section. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And I hope that you feel loved today. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.